are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, day after the Pelicans get blown out by the Brooklyn Nets. This one was rough, and while I don't think really anyone was expecting them to win or even keep this close... How bad the defense was was really disappointing in this one just from so many different aspects. So we'll take a look at that in the first part of today's show. We'll touch on the buyout market because this got brought up a lot throughout this game. LaMarcus Aldridge is there. Blake Griffin is there. Is this a huge problem for the NBA? Is it more an annoyance? We'll get into that in the second segment. And then in the third segment, just get weird. Talk about whatever. Had some people ask me some questions on Twitter. You know what? The game wasn't that interesting last night. So let's touch on some other things. I've got a a crawfish take that I want to give you all. So that'll be in the third segment of today's show and some other fun stuff as well. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the app and join me today at 6 p.m. Central to get in on the action. Locker Room changing the way we talk sports. So the Pels basically just got beat badly last night against the Brooklyn Nets. A final score of 139-111. And this is about what we thought it could be, just, just very easily. Kevin Durant making his return. Kyrie Irving in there. They're, they're the championship favorite, I think. At least that's my pick right now. You know, I think the Sixers maybe can take it to them to some degree. But they're probably the odds-on favorite to win the NBA title right now. So this team that's missing guys like Josh Hart, Kyra Lewis Jr., and most importantly, Brandon Ingram, they're not going to keep up. Like, we we get that, right? The expectation wasn't to go in to win this game or even necessarily keep this game close. But when you watch this game and just the, the beating that was dished out, basically, and combine it with the Atlanta Hawks game last night, look, there, there's factors into this, right? You could see the Pels were a little bit tired. Zion wasn't quite himself, probably because they're playing on the second night of a back-to-back. That's definitely going to factor into it. All of that just means you're, you're kind of set up for like a scheduled loss. Like you, you mark this one on your calendar with a big L, right? And it's fine. Games like that happen. But what you saw from the Pelicans was was pretty awful at times out there on the court and it really on the defensive side of the ball. Again, it's it's not so much that they were getting beat by better players. Like no one's going to guard Kevin Durant well. No one's going to guard Kyrie Irving well. You'd even say so for a rejuvenated Blake Griffin and LaMarcus Aldridge who aren't looking washed up anymore. Or at least Blake uh, Aldridge was fine. That is all going to be a factor in here. But, but you've got to do some of like the basic things, the real simple things to at least look like you're trying on the defensive side of the ball. And the Pelicans weren't. When this game started to get out of hand in the second quarter, the beginning of the second quarter, New Orleans wasn't getting back on defense whatsoever. They'd make or miss a shot and just kind of stand around. They weren't getting back to play defense at all. And this allowed Brooklyn to get out and run against them and score points. They put up 22 points in the fast break in this one. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets did. Their average is 14 this season. I'm surprised it wasn't higher, to be perfectly honest, when I finally saw that number. Because New Orleans was, wasn't was even caring. They, they just weren't getting back, didn't want to play any sort of transition defense whatsoever. And then the times that they did get back, 
They weren't matching up or they were late to match up or they were confused about who they want to match up with. Again, we just listed some of the excuses for this team and why they were going to look bad in this game. We mentioned all those things. You know, they're trying new lineups in there, too. They're throwing guys out there that they basically just signed in a guy like Isaiah Thomas. You have a two-way guy getting heavy minutes. Wessa Wundu is out there, and he's not good. All of that stuff, right? Like, there's excuses to the moon. But at the same point, like, these aren't things that those excuses validate to any degree or justify. Know, know who you're guarding on defense. That's a thing regardless of... Who's out there on the court with you? Get back. Just get back. Like run backwards. Backpedal or just turn around and run. That's not something that matters with the other who the other four guys are with you. And the Pelicans weren't doing any of that in, in this game. And that's where it's so disappointing. I went on ESPN radio um, with Matt Moscona yesterday after further review. And he said, like, do you think this defense will get turned around? And I said, no, there's just no reason to think that the defense is going to get better when these are the mistakes that are happening. This is on Stan Van Gundy. This is on the players, too. It's on everyone. If you see guys don't know what they're doing out there, you either can't play those guys or you need to work with them. And you need to continue to work with them even more so and even more so than you already are until they get it or you get rid of those players or you, you find a way to make it work. But everything the Pelicans are doing isn't working. And it's at like the most basic level. Yes, in some parts of March and February, they improved defensively. But you were also playing the Lakers without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. You caught the Mavericks without Kristaps Porzingis and Luka Doncic. All of that kind of plays into that too, right? There's context around maybe they looked kind of good and it wasn't them figuring it out so much as they were playing just teams without their best players. And yeah, you better look a little bit better. But when you factor this in with the Atlanta Hawks game and what the Pelicans are given up from three, it, it's rough. And all of this is because they're just letting these guys do it. It's not just teams getting hot, right? They're giving up just easy, easy looks. The Nets shot 19 of 41 in this one, 46.3%. This comes from Drew Porch. He's at Talent Stats on Twitter. Gives us some great numbers on the Pelicans. Goes, the Pelicans have allowed 18 made three-pointers in 16 game in 16 games this season. That ties the Trailblazers in the 1920 season for the most such games. Think about that one for a second. The Pelicans have tied a record of giving up 18 or more made three-pointers. And there's still 22 games left to go. And that was for, for the Trailblazers. We're playing 72 games this year. That was an 82-game season that the Trailblazers gave it up in. The Pelicans have already done it in 50 games. That's how bad this is. Don't give me any of those other excuses about why this is happening. At a certain point... It's just not working. Your coaching's not working. The players aren't getting it and they're not trying and effort isn't there. And all of that, all of that was on display in this. So I don't care that they lost. I don't care that they were outworked and, you know, all, some of that other stuff. I care about like that. The not getting back, not matching up. That's uh, irrelevant to everything else that you could throw out there that makes this an understandable loss that doesn't make you upset. That's the stuff that bothers me. That's the stuff that should bother you as a fan too. You saw it. You saw um, Zion Williamson. I don't want to pick on him with it, but it's like Blake just cut behind him because he wasn't looking and paying attention and didn't realize it and lost where Blake Griffin was. You saw him and Steven Adams not who, who they're supposed to guard, and it allows an easy bucket for that. You, uh, that stuff at this point, 50 games in, like, come on. It, it's pretty basic communication, right? Just say it out there on the court. That's what's so frustrating about a loss like this. 
That's why you look at this and you're like, what, what the hell? Even though it's like, yeah, what, what did you expect? No, this, this should be better than what the Pelicans are showing forth and everyone, everyone is to blame for it. So we'll get into all of the buyout drama here in a second. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Headspace. Wouldn't it be great if there's a pocket-sized guide that helped you sleep, focus, act, and just be better in general? There is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Do you need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Their approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, increase your overall sense of well-being. Sometimes it's a stressful day. You just need to clear your head to kind of get onto the next thing. You've had too many Zoom meetings. I've used it. I like those three minute just chill out, clear your head, be able to focus a little bit better on the next task at hand. And Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash locked on NBA. That's headspace.com slash locked on NBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace Space's full library of meditations for every situation. That's the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash locked on NBA today. Today's episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores are just a pain. Bad customer service, limited selection. If you're working on your car, it's just not an experience you want to deal with at all. I had, I had to get corporate involved with a chain store just to get my money back from something they didn't have but charged me for anyway. That's an awful situation. Plus, they just charge you more. Like that's, that's also like the worst possible thing. Well, you never need to deal with any of that over at rockauto.com. Their prices are as low as possible, good customer service, and they're going to ship you your products and the parts for your car fast. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything you possibly need. You got a new car, they've got all the parts possible for it. Old car, they also have those. I'm, I'm literally order parts for a 45-year-old car all the freaking time. It's old, it breaks, it needs new stuff. They get it to me every single time at the cheapest prices I've found out there. And it's helped me save thousands of dollars at this point. The catalog is unique and really easy to navigate so you can quickly see everything available for your vehicle. And of course, those prices are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Do not spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. So tonight, 6 p.m. Central, hosting a live locker room room, I guess, to talk about everything you want with this team. I've got questions for all of you. So if you jump in there with me, raise your hand in that thing. I can pull you on stage. I'm going to ask you questions. I'm going to hear your take on the team and you get to ask me whatever you want. We'll start integrating some of these questions and answers and all of your takes into Locked on Pelicans here, the actual show that you get to listen to every single day. Uh, we'll get it in there as well. So download the locker room app from the iOS store. It's not on Android yet, but it's coming hopefully soon. But just borrow a friend's iPhone or something like that. Download the app, sign up, and I'll see you there at 6 p.m. Central today. 
All right, so let's take a look at the NBA buyout market. And I think this is on people's minds because of the game last night against the Brooklyn Nets. They've already got three star players in James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. And then they added two other named players, let's call them, in LaMarcus Aldridge and... Um, as I blank on his name, Blake Griffin. There we go. I almost called him David Griffin, Blake Griffin. Both those guys bought out with their teams and ended up signing with the Nets for basically a veteran minimum and are now on a title contending team and they played well against New Orleans and looking like, you know, maybe they swing kind of the title in Brooklyn's favor. Marcus Aldridge was eight of 12 in last night's game for 22 points. Blake Griffin coming off the bench was four of six. He finished with 10 points on the night. It's not bad, right? It's 32 points between the two of them. Andre Drummond, who was bought out by the Cavs, ended up signing with the Los Angeles Lakers. And we've seen other things like this happen. You know, around after the trade deadline, guys don't get moved. They get bought out and then they go, they're free to sign wherever they want. And they naturally gravitate towards a contender or, or a destination team, a destination city, right? Usually a large market. And I think this season it looks particularly bad because LaMarcus Aldridge and Blake Griffin are former All-Stars. They're named players, right? We think of those guys probably more in a better light than their actual production indicates. So far for the Brooklyn Nets, those guys aren't doing a ton. LaMarcus Aldridge is averaging before last night's game and playing the Pelicans helps elevate your numbers. Let's not pretend here. 10 points. And six rebounds. It's not bad. He's doing it in almost 30 minutes of action, and he's taking 9.3 shots to get those 10 points. It's not like he's lighting the world on fire. You, you can probably find a lot of guys who can give you that kind of production in those minutes. Blake Griffin's doing even worse, really, when you look at it. He's playing 20 minutes per game, and he's giving him 8.5 points and 5 boards. At least he's a little bit more efficient, 5.3 shots to get those 8.8 points, but it's not like they're lighting the world on fire. I think the Brooklyn Nets would still be considered the title favorites even without those guys on their team. While Andre Drummond helps the Lakers, you know, I sometimes think we 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 overthink it when it comes to kind of these role players, right? They're, they're role players. They're not necessarily starters. They're rotation guys. It, it's your main guys that are going to win a title for you. It's going to be Anthony Davis and LeBron James being healthy. If those guys are out, who cares if they have Andre Drummond or not? And so... While I get that this kind of looks like a big problem, almost feels like a, a big problem, I don't actually think this is that big of a deal in the NBA. And when you look at buyouts, you know, there was a guy like Georgie Dang who signed with the Spurs after being bought out from um, the Memphis Grizzlies. We see a lot of moves like that that isn't just them going to big name teams. They're going to contenders because they want to win and they're still getting some money from their old team. And a buyout happens basically when the player gives money back to the team for their freedom and to kind of just like cancel the contract that they all have. So it saves the teams that are buying them out, even though it's kind of the other way around, a lot of money. You know, that team's happy to do it because they they save money. It's never a bad thing, I guess. But those te- guys are, of course, going to go sign with a, with a contender. It's like when Drew Holiday was moved. He was always going to be traded to a contender because a bad team has no need for Drew Holiday and no need to give up assets for him or, or, or pay him. Same thing. All these bad teams, no, none of them are going to need one of these guys. They're bad. They kind of probably want to be bad. And these guys aren't that great in the first place at this point in their careers to really change their fortunes and turn it around. Otherwise, that guy would have been moved for assets. So to a degree, I think this is a little bit overblown. In fact, this comes from an article I read from about a year ago. There's only one buyout player to appear in at least 100 playoff minutes for a title contender over the past decade. That's Peja Stoyakovich. 
Does it actually matter with a lot of these guys? For all of these big name players you see, Ty Lawson flamed out as a buyout candidate a couple of years ago. He actually ended up landing with the New Orleans Pelicans with it. Same for Joe Johnson. You can kind of go through a lot of these guys that just didn't really end up making a big deal and didn't end up really contributing. So while I think it looks bad, and yeah, you know, certainly the NBA maybe should do something to avoid the rich getting too rich, especially with like zero downside, right? They're signing them for a veteran minimum deal. It's not like it's adding a ton of money to their books. Even if you're in the luxury tax, it's a much smaller hit than it could be otherwise. That's probably the area the NBA needs to address with it. I think you probably need to do something like, you know, if they're bought out, the team that's signing them needs to kind of pay that difference. So that player still gets all of his money. And now that team is paying instead of, you know, $1.2 million for $5 million to sign this guy. That becomes a prohibitive thing. Maybe they don't have the cap space or an exception to use to sign that guy because they're using the minimum exception to sign these players right now. You can always do that until you're really, really capped out. And if you go into the luxury, if you're in the luxury tax and it's a $5 million player, depending on all other luxury tax factors, that might become a $10 million player, which is a lot of money. For some, it could be a $20 million player. And I think that cuts down on some of the ways that you you eliminate that, or at least you just make it stiffer and harsher on them for getting that kind of player. Like you want this guy, you think he's a difference maker, you got to pay for it and deal with the effects of that. It's probably the way to do it, but I, I don't see this as the biggest problem or like a, a top one that you really need to fix in the NBA. But certainly this year, it feels a little bit different with Blake Griffin and LaMarc Aldridge being former All-Stars, All-NBA guys that you kind of look at and you're like, wait, what the hell? That's not fair. Eh, I don't think they're going to do that much. Really playing against the Pelicans probably elevates a lot of their numbers because we just talked about it. The defense stinks. So we'll have a little bit of like lightning round fun here in the next segment. So coming up, we are going to talk crawfish, New Orleans roads, and a couple of other things as well. So stay tuned here for more on Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, MLB, and NHL are all in full swing. And Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Again, live locker room chat today, 6 p.m. Central. Download the locker room app from the App Store. Sign up. I'll see you there at 6 p.m. I want to hear what you have to say about this Pelicans team. I also just want to hear your questions and what's on your mind, too. So I'm looking forward to it. The past couple of weeks have been a whole lot of fun. I've really enjoyed this kind of interaction. Very different than what uh, me just talking to you. And we'll start using these on the show very, very soon. So I hope you stop by 6 p.m. Central. See you there. I'll tweet out the link. So wrapping up today's show, not really a ton to talk about with that game the Pelicans lost to the Brooklyn Nets again you know they did some just not good things defensively that should have been better but they also weren't really expected to win that game so I'm not really upset they lost it's more how they lost I guess you could say so we, we don't need to dwell on it let's have a little bit more fun here as we wrap up today's show um, and I was asking you all for some suggestions I saw some food questions I've seen some other things too I'll drop a, a crawfish take 
here for you all. I was out over the weekend, wanted to go get some crawfish, uh, crawfish and found some at Parlo Brewery here in the Bywater near where I live. And they had, had a crawfish pop up, you know, uh, truck day there basically. And they did the Viet Cajun style of crawfish, which are similar, but different tasting from just regular, you know, hot boiled crawfish, which are awesome. I love it. But you know what? The Viet Cajun style of crawfish, I do think is better, a little bit less spicy, but a lot of other flavors in there. And I really kind of dig it. So basically the way they do it is after they boil it, while the crawfish are still wet, they chop up garlic, use some other seasonings and oils and mix it all together to kind of just give them a flavor overall with them. And then that kind of like seeps into everything, I guess, as you eat them. It's it's really good. It's not like horribly different. You're still eating crawfish. The process and everything is still the exact same. But I actually think I like the Viet Cajun style crawfish a little bit more, a little bit more like depth of flavor in it. So there you go. There's my, my crawfish take. Love crawfish just regularly, but this was really, really good. Maybe this batch was just like overly good. But you've got to give it a try if you haven't. It's different. Still love it. Still crawfish too. But yeah. Really, really dig it. Also, Ali Cassell of the Bird Rights asked if I've done a rant on all of the street projects here in New Orleans. And while I haven't done that, you know, it's it's funny because this city, when you live in it, at times actively makes it as hard as possible to live in New Orleans, right? I'm sure many of you would agree with me on that. I said, we're just, we're just not doing anything basketball here right now and kind of going a little off off the, the subject of everything. Um, it makes it actively hard to live here. Like I'm a, I'm a big car guy. I like car culture. I like kind of the machinery and, and engineering going into all of them. I drive a low to the ground car as my daily driver. I have an old car that's even lower to the ground than that one that I'm working on. Makes it a pain. My first car was a Chevy Blazer. So I was kind of up in the air. You're elevated in an SUV, bouncing around, potholes, no big deal. And that was kind of like the way you drive. And then here, even in a lower car, when I switched to the one that I currently have, um, like six, seven years ago now, and I've ne- I'd never really driven anything in that low to the ground all that often. I still kind of treat everything the same. So the bottom of my Dodge Challenger is like just scorched to hell. I did an oil change on it. And when you take like the skid plate off, I, I probably should just actually order a new skid plate for it, which is just a big piece of plastic underneath to protect, you know, the transmission and other things because it's like an absolute disaster there from just hitting potholes, not slowing down because I'm used to driving like tall Cars. Every time I'm in New Orleans, you you drive down like a well-paved street, you notice it. It feels really good. It almost feels luxurious because the streets here are so bad. And look, we know why. All of it makes sense. But city doing all of the construction all at once, which again, to a degree I get, makes it a pain. And just, God, it's, it's one of those things that just makes it really, at times, tough to live in New Orleans, but also like kind of part of the charm for it. So I guess you got to kind of take the good uh, with, with the bad here. But yeah, low to the ground cars in New Orleans can be a little bit of a pain. But man, the traffic, the congestion, all that stuff from all the projects all at once, just get it done and make some of our infrastructure better. I think New Orleanians deserve that to a certain degree. All right, that's all we need in this in the third segment here. Try the Viet Cajun style crawfish if you haven't. If you see them in a restaurant somewhere else, give it a try. You're really going to like it. And let me know what you think too. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And we'll be back with you all tomorrow.